listening to the Up and Under podcast, starting in 3, 2, 1. Yo, what's up guys? Welcome to the Up and Under podcast. I'm your host, Hani. Joined with me, as always, is Zishan. Yo. Alright, man. Another edition of the quarantine episodes. Uh, from the top, we gotta, we're gonna have to like apologize for any... Uh, uh, sound issues or you know some audio issues obviously we're doing the best we can with the setup that we got um but hopefully you guys are all remaining safe remaining indoors and trying to stay uh, as away from this virus as possible as you can um bro don't be those people that are protesting like out on the streets to open everything up and stuff man. don't don't be one of those yeah like those those people who literally were like oh yeah you're taking away our freedom like no man the the health officials are trying to save lives not and you're just trying to make it worse like yeah listen man natural selection bro that's almost saying natural selection exactly uh anyways with the nba season still in question we still don't know really when the season's going to restart we decided that with the at least with most of the regular season still fresh in our minds it's time to look back on the season and kind of do our official like end of the season awards picks for the 2019-2020 yeah, season. The, the season's almost done, pretty much. Most most teams have about like eighty five percent done. Yeah, so like we we're like we might as well start doing the end of the season type of episodes because like you know um, we don't know what's gonna happen with the season right now and. and since the season's almost done, might as well just start on these ones. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I guess the only, like, sh- shred of positive note that I can start this episode off with is that uh, we are seeing signs that things, like, there's gonna there's discussions about how things are going to restart back up. Like, I think there's, like, news reports saying that, like, um, the curve is starting to flatten. But again, it could be a second wave could be possible. So there's like nothing is guaranteed, but at least like the talk as to how a thing is going to be open. Those are all starting to happen. So hopefully. Yeah, like more of the language now is when rather than if. Yeah. Which is a positive. So yeah, this, it's it's a lot better Yeah. Uh, now than I guess it was before. But yeah, if 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 we don't, you know, still control ourselves, obviously. Um, like Kanye was saying, there, there's been talks about maybe a possible second wave coming and all that, which um, obviously nobody wants to see. Yeah. Uh, but anyways, while we're all staying at home, we, sh- we still can t- talk about basketball. We can still talk about what has already transpired in the season. So we're going to be breaking down our awards picks, obviously starting from, you know, the the least significant awards to obviously working our way up to our main awards so with that let's get right into this uh we're also going to be comparing this to some of our predictions we made before the season started and in in the middle of the season and obviously these are going to be our final predictions for the season so just to kind of see where we were right where we were wrong kind of like a whole direction going into this season so let's start off. yeah so i guess Mm -hmm. yeah uh, thing I, I was just going to say, um, we're pretty much going to read off our top three candidates for each award first, and then we're going to, you know, obviously discuss it. And then if we have different winners, we're going to each say our winner and then compare the list of candidates to what we had in the beginning and during midseason. Yeah, exactly. 
So let's get let's get right into this with the first award. We're going to be talking about the Coach of the Year award. Now, I think while we were doing this, when we, while we were discussing this, there is a lot of candidates for this uh, for this award. Obviously, yeah, man. It's yeah. We we were talking about how this was a really like good season competitively, um, and it's a testament to the the a lot of the coaches that are in the NBA. You know, we're seeing great production from a lot of them. Uh, and you know you can see it in in the list that we had to narrow it down to it was really hard because there's a lot of great coaches. Yeah, and like again, a lot of the coaches have done a great job. There's also a lot of surprises and teams that like and like who just have over uh, overachieved and performed so well. Um, there's even one name that I think we even left off this list as well. But yeah, so I guess our three our top three candidates for the 2019-2020 Coach of the Year, obviously number one Nick Nurse. Uh, no, number two, Frank Vogel of the Lakers, and number three, Taylor Jenkins of the Memphis Grizzlies. So I guess we'll start with you, Zishan. Who's your coach of the year pick? Um, well, call it Raptor bias or call it whatever. I think it's just facts, and we both agree on this pick. I'm pretty sure. Um, our, our pick is uh Nick Nurse. Yeah, no surprise there. Um, obviously, you know the rap. Like there were so many questions about the Raptors, so many doubters about the Raptors even before the season started uh about obviously with Kawhi leaving nobody really knew how this team was going to perform and with all the well, besides the Raptors fans we knew how the team would yeah but like but everyone else was like doubting my major major but like even like yeah everyone else was like kind of like putting us like out of the playoffs and like you know the eight seed or like bottom yeah bottom tier seed yeah whatever which makes no sense because you saw how great of a coach Nick Nurse was I think a lot of it came down to people thought uh, kind of the same situation as Mark Jackson, Steve Kerr thing. A lot of people thought, oh, it's just Dwayne Casey's team. You know, Nate Nurse was the assistant for Dwayne Casey. It's not really him. It's more of, you know, just the team is that good. Which, I mean, the team was amazing for sure. But if if you replace Nate Nurse with Dwayne Casey in that playoffs, I legitimately think we had a chance to probably lose in the first round. Like, no joke. I mean, they're, they're different coaches, obviously. Like, again, no disrespect to Dwayne Casey. He obviously was an instrumental part in building the Raptors. But I think, like, the thing with Nick Nurse was just his creativity. The fact that, like, despite Kawhi leaving, there wasn't a drop-off in the performance of this team. In fact, individual players on this team got better. The team became, you know, just like... Like they were like they were trendsetters. Like ever since Nick Nurse ran the box and won in the playoffs, we're seeing more teams run more creative stuff like that. You know, and that's a testament to how good of a coach you are. When like even Greg Popovich was so big in this regard when like just uh he was just setting trends, uh as far as like playmaking, you know, trying to position teams in new ways to win. Um and I think what put me for me what put Nick Nurse over the top for this award was the fact that all the injuries the Raptors suffered this season, and like again, they're one of the most like injury riddled teams this season. They are still, they have still the third best record in the NBA. Uh, you know, obviously since the NBA has uh, been suspended, third best record in the league. No Kawhi Leonard. Um, yeah, second second seed in the East. Like, what more can you say to that? Like, yeah, exactly. Um, and we're talking about the other two candidates on on. Uh this list obviously we have nick nurse um as our pick but to be honest even if you pick the other two 
it, it's it's not you can't be mad at it. Frank Vogel obviously leading the best, the second best uh, team overall in the league, uh, best team in the West. Obviously, you know it helps that you have LeBron and AD. But Frank Vogel showed in his Indiana days how great of a coach he is. And then Taylor Jenkins, um, you know nobody thought that Memphis would be in the spot that they are uh, up to this point. And Taylor Jenkins is a huge part of that. You know you're talking about a guy. Um, it was a good hire on Memphis's part, coming him coming from the uh, coach Bud, um, you know his 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 uh, one of his students. So yeah, great great hire by Memphis, and you're seeing the job uh, that Taylor Jenkins is doing. Yeah, exactly. Um, this year, um, comparing it to what we had um, in during the midseason, um, midseason we had other guys like uh, Nate McMillan, Rick Carlisle, um, Eric Spolstra. Um, and again, we we're talking like just like we were saying before. Legitimately, all these guys can be in this discussion because that's how many great coaches there were this season. Coach Spolstra, Rick Carlisle, Nate McMillan, all of them deserve a lot of praise. Uh, Terry Stotts, Brad Stevens. Um, speaking of Brad Stevens, in our beginning of the year pre- predictions or preseason predictions, we had we also had. Uh, Doc Rivers and Brad Stevens in this list. Again, those two guys can also be in the list that we're making right now, too. So literally all the coaches that I've just named, that's like a good like 10 whatever coaches I just named. All of them all deserve to be on this list. Um, and that's a testament to how many great coaches there are in the NBA this season. I mean, even one more, like I will mention that again, like we, we didn't even think about like making this list. is Billy Donovan of the Thunder. So... Like uh, I, I mean, for hey me, man, I would I you, you personally you can't be a five seed when you lose both your both your two best players and like don't and you that has nothing to do with coaching. Like, listen, I don't think he's necessarily a bad coach. I just, for me personally, looking at his team, I wouldn't put him personally in this list. But he's someone definitely who I, deserves votes. I think he he does deserve votes based on how good of a team he has. Like how how good of a team how. How well his team has performed despite, you know, their mild expectations. So, obviously, he deserves some credit in that respect. But for me, um, I think, personally, I wouldn't really stack him up against other guys on this list. Yeah. But, yeah, he, he for sure, if you want to, if people vote for him, I can't even be mad at that either. Because, you know, his, his team has done well. Uh, yeah, like, a lot of coaches this year have been flat out great. Yeah, but I think even from the beginning of the season, our consensus was was Nick Nurse was going to be the coach of the year. Uh, like mid season, it was pretty much guaranteed that that was going to be our pick. So, I think we I think we're going to be right about this one. So I'm I'm good with Nick Nurse being being the coach of the year for this season. Moving on to the next award, we're going to be talking about the Rookie of the Year award. Now, obviously, this award was far more like far easier to predict uh, at the midway point of the season. Because we didn't actually see Zion Williamson play, but again, because the season was suspended, you know we obviously had to readjust our list accordingly. So obviously, our three candidates for the Rookie of the Year award: number one, obviously, has to be John Moran, having a fantastic season with the Grizzlies. Number two is Kendrick Nunn of the Miami Heat, an unexpected, uh, an unexpected rookie to play well on a on a contending team. And number three is R.J. Barrett, who. Number three overall pick, probably the brightest spot of the New York, of a struggling team in the New York Knicks. So who is your yeah, pick? Um, well, my my pick is obviously both of our picks. I'm pretty sure is uh, John Morant. Yeah. Um, no question. Obviously, uh, comparing this to our midseason awards, we also had uh, 
we had Kendrick Nunn in here, obviously. Um, we also had Eric Pascal and Kobe White. Uh, both guys, Eric Pascal, since the beginning of the season, has been balling out. He's been playing great. Um, Kobe White, especially recently, um, has been playing amazing. Uh, another guy I would like to throw in that list is uh, Brandon Clark. Brandon Clark is one of my favorite players. Um, he's been playing great this season. His efficiency is off the charts. Um, and then comparing it to our beginning of the season predictions, we had we had Zion winning it, and then John Morant and RJ Bear as the runner-ups. Obviously, with the way Zion Williamson has been balling, um, if he had played the full season, we pro- we probably would have been right on that prediction. Um, in the beginning of the year of Zion Williamson being the rookie of the year. But obviously he hasn't. He's only played 19 games so far. So, you know, we can't really put him on that list. I mean, either way, in those 19 games, Zion's averaging about 24 points a game and about eight rebounds a game as a rookie coming off of of an injury. Like, it's insane. So, yeah, without Zion Williamson, the consensus rookie of the year has to be John Moran. Like, like everyone was sleeping on him, obviously because of the Zion hype. You know, and him going number two to the Grizzlies, it's obviously worked out really well for not only the Grizzlies. Well, but I don't John. think I don't think people were necessarily sleeping on him. It's just Zion Williamson is just like nobody that was really, of a player. Nobody was really paying attention to to, to John. No, people were paying attention. It's just Zion's that grave of a player. I don't think anyone oh, expected John to be this good. Like off the right off okay, the well, right off the yeah, beat. Yeah. I don't think anybody expected him to be this good. But even for me, I can say the same about Zion too. I don't think. I expect him to be this good either. The top two guys, um, point blank, in this draft class have been like crazy, man. Yeah. Zion, Jaw have been absolutely amazing. And there's They've still some some talent in this draft. Like, again, like you just, yeah. Tyler Hero was a good pickup. RJ Barrett seems like he has a bright future. Uh, Rui Kendrick Hachimura. Nunn, we didn't put in the beginning of the season because um, we didn't even know about him, but he's been great, too. Yeah, and then you're talking about Rudy, Rudy uh, Hachimura too. Um, this this draft class has potential to be a great one for sure. Yeah. So obviously we were wrong about our initial prediction at the beginning of the season, but right now we're locking it in. John Moran is going to be winning the Rookie of the Year award for this season. Yeah. Uh, moving on to the next award, we're going to be moving on to the Most Improved Player award, and this is another award where there was just so many candidates for this award. So many players have had like amazing seasons have breakout seasons but these are the few players that we believe are at this moment in time are in contention for this award number one is obviously brandon ingram having a breakout year with with the pelicans his best season as a professional hands down uh number two it's a toss-up between jalen brown or jason tatum of the celtics uh we we couldn't really pick on which one of these guys we we'd want to put but obviously one of these two either or uh is Definitely deserving of being on this list, and obviously number three would be Bam Adebayo of the Miami Heat. So yeah, um, of that's our that's our. So who who do you have as your MIP this year? I think for me, hands down, it's Brandon Ingram. Brandon Ingram, yeah, I'm, same for me too. I'm just really impressed oh. with 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 the way he was able to just elevate his game, even and despite the fact that like there was just there wasn't a ton of expectation, there wasn't a ton of pressure on Brandon Ingram, especially because after he got traded from the Lakers. But man, he he's he's taken off, man. He's just he he's just a much better player, much more efficient scoring, much more comfortable. Um, yeah, just I was I was gonna say that too. Just discounting whatever the stats say. 
watching him in the game, it's clear that the game has significantly slowed down for him. He he never seems to be in any rush to get to his spot. Um, he's 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 pretty much he can he's one of those players that looks like now he's just dropping. He can drop thirty points a night easily. Like it doesn't even seem like he's uh, scoring like. 30 points, but when you look up at the scoreboard, he has 30 points. I think um, comparing it to our midseason, um, uh, midseason awards too. We had uh, we also had SGA Shea Gilkis Alexander on this list. Um, another great candidate, Devonte Graham's being great too. We had Malcolm Brogdon on the list, um, and then comparing it to our uh, preseason um, awards. Uh, this is where we were all over the place. It's a bit different. Yeah, we're all over the place for this. But for I think for our MIP, we had we had um, Aaron Gordon on the list, Lonzo Ball, uh, Jalen Brown. Well, Jalen Brown's being correct. Um, and then I think as our winner, we had uh, Jamal Murray. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, not not that Jamal Murray and Lonzo Ball and Aaron Gordon haven't been better this year. They all three of them have shown great improvement this year. Um. But not to the extent that uh, Brandon Ingram and Bam Adebayo and Jason Tatum have. Uh, well, Jalen Brown was there. Yeah. But yeah. Again, like this was a hard award to predict at the beginning of the season because again, we just never we 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 never really saw. Uh, anything like anything substantial so we can make an accurate prediction but it, but now obviously you can't, you can't predict how much a player will improve, yeah exactly you know? and so who that's, would that's you know? one of those harder exactly yeah, that's one of those harder uh awards to predict you know so obviously we we take an l there but one more thing i do want to add on brandon ingram though i think we're all starting to see the comparisons that we were seeing with kevin durant we're starting to see that in brandon ingram now like i can see yeah. like him like the smoothness of, of his game um using his length on both ends of the floor. Him, him, him literally just shooting over people now. Yeah. Obviously, before, he wasn't... He didn't really have that great of a handle, number one, when he was in L.A. Um, and then number two, also, he was a bit, you know... Uh, he, was, he wasn't he was as strong either. Now, I see him, you know, able to handle himself in the post, able to shoot over people, um, over, able to get in the lane, get to spots um, with his handles. Whereas before in L.A., uh, he wasn't really able to do that. Um, also, his shooting has, you know, it's um, become more efficient off that. He's gotten more yeah. consistent with his shot. Uh, I mean, he's yeah, also made just, his first all-star team, like, in the Western yeah, exactly. Conference. So, it's, it's mm-hmm. that's definitely a big, a big boost in his candidacy for this award. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Definitely. Brandon Ingram is probably the easy choice for most improved player. Uh, moving on to the next award, we're going to move on to the Sixth Man of the Year Award. Um Obviously, our list has changed since the beginning of the season, um, but surprisingly, some of these like some of these players definitely deserve to, deserve to be here. Number one is Montrez Harrell, uh, having a great season with the Clippers. Uh, obviously, again, it, this could have been Lou Williams easily on this list again, but I think due to voter fatigue, they're going and especially because a lot of people thought Montrez could have won the award last year over Lou. Lose Montrez is most likely going to be the 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 candidate and off the Clippers. The second candidate is obviously Dennis Schroeder, who's having a resurgent season with the Thunder. Obviously, he's back to a role that he's he's more comfortable in. It's obviously more suited to to his style of play in coming off the bench. So he's having a great season with the Thunder, who are the fifth seed in the West. And then obviously Derrick Rose. Uh, Derrick Rose is just showing everyone that yeah he still he can still ball. 
you know, although he's not the same player that he used to be, but you know, he he he's literally the Pistons one of the Pistons' best players besides Christian Wood. <laughs> Probably the best player, him or Christian Wood. I would say Derrick Rose is the best player. Yeah. Uh, even though my my boy Christian Wood is pretty sick too. Yeah. So who are you going for this award? Um, I'm gonna go with Montrez. Um, I think it's just he he's 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 in that um I don't know how to explain. It. He's in that role where it's like he's such a favorite because of his name and just because people know him as that dude off the bench. Him and Lou Will together, they just know him as those guys that produce for arguably the best bench unit every night. Um, which is why I have Montrez. Um, I'm pretty sure, well, on this list, you were talking about Lou, but uh, in terms of this list, I think you would agree with me that Montrez um, is your six-man too, right? Honestly, I am. I was leaning Montrez to start this, but I think I might have to give some love to Dennis, Dennis Schroeder here because I just pulled up his stats. This guy's averaging 19 points a game. Four rebounds, four assists per game, coming off the bench for the fifth seed at Oklahoma City Thunder in the Western Conference. I don't know. I think he, I think he deserves some love. Obviously, I think if I had to pick between Montrez and Dennis Schroeder, I think I'm gonna go with Montrez. Lean more to Montrez, but I could go either way here. Like, nah. See, Dennis Schroeder. The thing is, for me, Dennis Schroeder. Yeah, he deserves a claim for it. But I think it's based on awards are based on narrative. Montrez. Plays for arguably the best bench unit in the league. Yeah, that, that's basically for, where he I, get the edge for me. He plays. He plays for a contender, like a solidified top three contender in the league. Um, on top of that, he arguably could have won it last year, which is why I think he would win it this year because he didn't win it last year. So I think he'll get uh, he'll get the dub this time around. But yeah, comparing it to. Um, our midseason awards, we had Montrez winning it. Um, you had Lou, but I think we both agree voter fatigue is a real thing. So I don't think um, I think Montrez will get it. Honestly, uh, I can't be surprised if Lou wins it again as well. I wouldn't, <laughs> wouldn't be surprised, but I think I think voter fatigue uh, won't let him win it, especially because Montrez has been or has had as great of a season as Lou. Yeah, the, the their numbers are identical. Win. Yeah, and the fact that he didn't win last year, I think Montrez will get it this year. Uh, we also had uh, Norman Powell. Um, that's changed a bit with the amount of games that he's had to start with Fred Van Vliet being out. And then obviously all the injuries that the Raptors have faced. So I don't even think he's supposed to be on the list now or he's qualified to be on the list. Although he's um, had a breakout season with the Raptors. The problem yeah. is that he just like he's just gotten so much injury uh, injuries this yeah, season. And, and not, yeah, exactly. Not to mention the fact that he's been injured a lot, a lot too. Yeah. Um, so he he's missed, I think, like twenty something games or something like that too. Yeah. Um, there was also Goran Dragic. Uh, he's cooled off. Yeah. Uh, um, and then obviously Derrick Rose. Um, one thing to note about Derrick Rose, I was looking at, uh, I was watching um B-ball breakdowns video, um, and he was talking about the impact that he had. Uh, Derrick Rose has compared to his 2011 MVP season, and if you compare the numbers per 36 numbers, which I look, I hate that stat, but you know, in all fairness to D Rose, um, the the numbers are pretty similar between this season and his MVP season. Obviously, it's the fact that his MVP season was that electric and the whole narrative, 
And obviously, Derrick Rose isn't the same player, obviously. But the fact is that Derrick Rose has um, reinvented himself um, as a great player capable of, you know... Leading a bench unit, yeah. Starter level... Yeah, leading the bench unit, but starter, like, bona fide starter level production or, like, key, key rotation player production. Obviously, will he get a starting job? I don't know because of the whole injuries, which is why he's limited to like 28 minutes a game right now coming off the bench. And I don't know if anybody wants to give him more minutes just because you never know um, with his injury history. Um, But yeah, he's been great this season. Um, Moving on to uh, our uh, comparing it to our preseason predictions. We had Lou Will winning it again. Um, I don't know why we didn't have him on Trez in this list, but yeah, I think it was just the whole Lou Will Montrez thing. Um, to be honest, they're pretty interchangeable. Like, you can throw in either one. Uh, but yeah, we had Lou Will winning it in the beginning of the season. Uh, we also had Spencer Dinwiddie um, and Jalen Brown on our beginning of the season list. Obviously, Jalen Brown's been starting, so that's kind of nullified because he, he's been in a starting role. And then Spencer Dinwiddie has also been starting coming off the bench. He's been, you know, in, in that in-between role. Especially with Kyrie's um, injured, so... Yeah, and also the whole the whole issue with Spencer Dinwiddie is that he, he's had great numbers. It comes down to efficiency. And wins. Um, And then, yeah, the whole... And not just wins, to be honest, the whole vibe of the team um, with, you know, all the Kyrie situation and all that, it's, it's kind of thrown off the team. Um, so yeah, he's been a good bench player, no doubt, but he's not on our uh, end of the season list uh, for sure. Yeah, so I think the consensus is Montrez Harrell is going to be winning this award for next season, for this season at least. Moving on to the next award, obviously is one of our major two, the Defensive Player of the Year award, and I think this was more so a two-player race. If I had to. If I had to be realistic about it, but again, there are a couple of great defensive like there's there's some great defensive players in this league, but there's like obviously the main three that have stood out this season. Our first candidate is obviously Anthony Davis. He said it at the begin I believe at the beginning of this season or maybe at the end of last season that he was gunning for for the for the defensive player of the year award. Beginning of the season. Beginning of the seasons. Okay. So yeah, he was definitely gunning for this award and he's he's definitely shown it. He's probably the anchor of the Lakers defense right now. Uh, he's the reason, like one of the big major reasons why the Lakers are one of the best defenses in in the league right now, and so he's definitely in contention for this award. Second candidate, who was also the runner up for last year's Defensive Player of the Year award, is Giannis Antetokounmpo. Not much more you can say about Giannis. He's just honestly a two way monster at this point. Like can guard all five positions. He can guard all five positions, man. Like you literally. He's a very good defensive player. And then obviously our third candidate, who's most like probably the least likely to win this to win this award is Bam Adebayo. Obviously his impact with the Miami Heat is definitely definitely significant. Uh you know, because obviously the Miami Heat can play him and he can guard multiple positions on the floor. He's obviously helping Miami uh fortify their own defense. So uh, Yeah, another one of those guys are like Perfectly made for the modern game. Bam Adebayo is big enough to, you know, guard bigs. And then he's quick enough to guard the perimeter. So he, he's just another guy um, who flies around on defense. And you can really feel his impact. Um, even for me personally, 
um, you know, watching Raptors games, Pascal Siakam, for example, just struggling like crazy against Bam Adebayo. Because this guy, this guy's fast, quick, strong, you know, uh, long, all of that. Um, so Bam Adebayo definitely deserves it. Uh, for me, my candidate of Defensive Player of the Year, chalk it up to maybe me just, you know, buying into the narrative aspect. But for me, it would have to be Anthony Davis. Yeah, same. Like, honestly, there's just not... Like, he's just had an insane season. Like, especially on defense. Like, again, like, nobody really expected uh, Anthony Davis to have this big of an impact on... on especially on, on defense. We knew he was he was great offensive. He, he was a great offensive player. Obviously, him playing with LeBron, we were going to see his numbers inflate. But the fact that this guy's averaging about almost, like, two and a half blocks a game and one and a half steals per game is... Well, we all knew it was in him. It was just whether, to be honest, the Lakers as a whole would actually go, um, you know, put this much effort into the season, and which they have, um, you know, starting with LeBron and then obviously Anthony Davis. Um, he's been great defensively. We always we always knew he could do it, but it was just a question of, you know, whether he would. Um, and this season he's shown that he's going all out um, offensively, defensively. Which is why you see his monster numbers, like two blocks a game, over two blocks a game, like almost like uh, a steal a game, you know. And then talking about Giannis Antetokounmpo too, like he's he's insane too. We're talking about guarding all five positions. He's averaging like two blocks or something, um, like two steals too. He he's been amazing, uh, to put it mildly. He's he's been the anchor. Him and Brooke Lopez um, have been the anchor of that Milwaukee team that just suffocates teams inside. And then, obviously, you have guys like Chris Milton, Eric Bledsoe, uh, Dante DiVincenzo on the perimeter who are suffocating guys out there, too. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. but this pretty much, as Hani said, um, like a two, two-man two race. Uh, we both had Anthony Davis, but you could go either way between him and Giannis. Um, in, in our midseason um, awards, we had, instead of Bam on a bio, we had Rudy Gobert on that list. Uh, Rudy Gobert has pretty much um, cooled off significantly since the All Star break. I mean, his defense he's kind of just trash. Like it's just his effectiveness overall, just bro. Overall, and the Jazz's defense dropped as well. Like, yeah, he he's kind of been trash after the All Star break. He just hasn't really been doing anything. Um, and then obviously, you know, uh, he he stopped the whole league. So defensive player of the year. But <laughs> no, I'm joking. Um, uh, but then, yeah, and then comparing it to our beginning of the season awards, uh, we had Rudy Gobert actually winning it, um, which was, in all, I remember us even talking about how this was probably the easiest, like, the the most simple pick to make, you know, because it's just, like, low risk. Yeah. The it, most, like, the most basic pick you could make, um, like, the most low, as I said, like, most low risk pick you could make. I mean, so you had, had Draymond. Winning it. You had Draymond on on here. Yeah, we had we had Giannis um, coming runner up, which he, we were pretty spot on with that. And then you had uh, PG thirteen. I had Draymond. Um, both of our guys have pretty much been injured a majority of the season. Uh, Draymond has kind of been bad this season. Um, we'll see how he fares next season. PG thirteen's been pretty good this season, but again. Him and Draymond both have been kind of just banged up. Um, so you haven't really been able to see their full impact. 
Uh, but yeah, uh, I guess the the most telling thing is, um, you know, Bam out of bio replacing whoever we had in the beginning of the season and during the midseason, uh, which is a testament to how great of a player he's become uh, after the depart uh, after the departure of Hassan Whiteside. Yeah, so obviously consensus Anthony Davis is the defensive player of the year. I think uh, he's just had a fantastic season. Uh, moving on to obviously the holy grail of of awards, it's the MVP award. Um, and just like defensive player of the year, this is more of a two team race. Um, obviously, the first candidate is LeBron James. LeBron's just had a massive resurgent season. Obviously, he's ha- he has a much better team, but you can just see that the extra time he had last season to recover in the offseason really just helped him to rejuvenate himself, recharge, and now he's just on a mission to lead the Lakers to the playoffs, which he's the Lakers have the number one seed in the, in the, in the Western Conference right now, and, you know, hopefully win his fourth NBA championship. So he's just done a great, just a fantastic, has, fant- has had a fantastic overall season, uh, especially considering this is his 17th season in the NBA. So LeBron's obviously the first candidate for MVP. Second candidate is Giannis Antetokounmpo. He's obviously the best player on the best team in the league right now. And there's just not much more to say. He was last year's winner. And the Bucks are obviously are still on highest, pace. Highest, yeah, highest PR of all time. Yeah, I don't know if that's still there. I think he's still edging it out now, but it's, it dropped. Um, yeah, highest PR of all time pretty much. Um, just two-way monster. Yeah, like... Again, like he's the best player on the best team in the league, who's on, on who's honestly on pace for historic, uh, historic season. So, uh, the no brainer that Giannis is going to be up there. Obviously, our third candidate. Uh, we had to change this up a little bit, but uh, I think it would be James Harden. Obviously, would get consideration. He's obviously having a great scoring season, averaging thirty six point almost thirty five points per game this season. Uh, which is insane. This is probably what, like, the second or like third year straight he's like averaged at least thirty plus points per game. So, yeah, you can say whatever you want about James Harden. Point is, he's one of the greatest scorers of all time. Um, yeah, I think I think for us the third candidate was a bit tough because there was no, I guess, clear third candidate that had cemented themselves. Um, if you're talking about other guys, like for example, off the top of my head, um, you know, Kawhi Leonard. Uh, you know, injury or he's missed time. Then there's uh, I don't know Anthony Davis, but the fact that he plays with LeBron probably disqualifies him. Uh, you know Pascal Siakam, not as great individually as you know James Harden. Um, you know it was it was a bit of a tough one for us in terms of deciding the third spot, but I think just how great, despite the fact that James Harden has arguably not had well not arguably he hasn't had as great of a season this year um well i don't think it's him individually i think it's more so his team has just yeah you know cause well I'm, no and him individually i think too it's it's the integration of russell westbrook kind of minimized his impact a bit uh which is fine to be honest because russell westbrook's been crazy but um yeah james harden probably hasn't been as great this season but it's just the fact that you know, numbers-wise, statistically, and the fact that he's just James Harden um, probably gives him that third spot on the list. Yeah. So I think for for who who would you have as your MVP? It's tough, man. Like this is a really tough pick for me. 
um on what like i'm really like you know it's a really t- it's a toss-up for me but honestly i'm gonna lean more towards Giannis for this season just because of the fact that i just think that um like lebron is, is gonna get what he's what jordan got for a bunch of years it's just a voter fatigue i think people are just gonna be like hey this is a guy who who is going to probably be in contention for another for another championship Let's give the award to a young player who has obviously gotten even better than his breakout season last year, and he's on a on, on the best team in in the league right now. Let's give it to him. So I'm leaving yeah, Giannis, um, but I could easily go LeBron. Yeah, I mean I agree with that, and and I mean like I I can see um, I wouldn't have any problem with giving the MVP to Giannis. Um, Giannis would have been my MVP pick. Probably, if you asked me in uh, before the last two weeks before the season ended, he would have been my pick. But the thing is, what the way the last two se- uh, the last like two or last week of the season went, where you know you're talking about LeBron really showing, uh, reminding everyone who he was, even in the age thirty five season. Him playing against Kawhi and the Clippers, and then playing against Milwaukee, or the other way, him playing against Milwaukee and dominating that matchup, uh, including him him playing one on one against Giannis. I think that's the most significant part of you know what what happened. Him facing one on one against Giannis, and then playing one on one against Kawhi, you know, um, and then beasting on both of them, um, and also the fact that. If you want to talk about, you know, the best team in the league, um, the Lakers, if the last time I checked, were only, I think, three games behind them for the top record. And with the way it was going, it looked like the Lakers might have been able to catch up. Um, and also, finally, I think, not for me, because I'm not a voter, but in terms of the voters, I think the whole LA aspect does play a role for them. Especially, you know, we don't want to, you know, use... A tragedy like Kobe's death, um, you know, to as a reason in all of this, but it will be in people's minds um, for that reason. You know, the whole LA thing, uh, LeBron after Kobe, um, which is why I think my pick is LeBron, and I think if the season continued how it had been, um, I think LeBron would have actually won it in the end. Probably edged it out, but I think LeBron possibly would have won it in the end because of you know how great he was playing how he dominated um the matchups um between the best two teams in the league and then also that whole you know narrative um behind him so i think lebron would have been the mvp and he's my pick um edging out Giannis for me yeah i mean like i i can't be upset by that like obviously like lebron has had an amazing season like again i one thing we didn't even mention mention that he's leading the league in assists <laughs> yeah, he's leading yeah, leading the league in assists as a 35 year old, almost a 36 year old in his 17th season in the league. It's absolutely- you're talking about it's it's hard for players to reinvent themselves, but a great player like LeBron to reinvent himself in a new role to play a, a new role, a different Even position. Done, he, yeah, it's it's done. He's done much of the same things he always has, but you know, taking that full time, pretty much point guard role on the team. In in his seventeenth season, bro, that that never happens, man. 
and the fact that he's leading the league in assists, it's it's insane, you know. Uh, but yeah, uh, comparing it to our midseason predictions or our midseason awards, we had instead of uh, instead of Harden, we had I had Nikola Jokic and you had Luka Doncic. All obviously those guys have had great individual seasons, but their teams haven't been um, as great recently. Again, similar well, to the Harden, Dallas pick. hasn't been Dallas hasn't been good. I mean, that great recently. They've been okay. Um, Denver's still been pretty good, but I think it's just the you know the individual accolades of Nicole Jokic versus James Harden, um, and then comparing it to our preseason predictions where we actually had LeBron winning the MVP, um, runner up we had James Harden, so at least we were pretty much right on that, and then I had Nicole Jokic. Um, I don't know, bro. I think I have Nicole Jokic on like every award, damn near, bro. Yo, like you you were big Jokic on Jokic, everywhere. man. <laughs> you were big on the Jokic. Bro, Jokic is a sick player, but yeah, um, I had Jokic. And I think you had Kawhi. I had Kawhi. Obviously, it's, yeah. If he just played more games, of, like I yeah, think. if he if he had played more games, but he would have been in contention, um, definitely. Yeah, definitely. But it's obviously it comes down to the factor of you know he doesn't play enough games, which has always been you know the case with his career yeah um which is why he hasn't been able to win mvp and he probably never will because he just he doesn't play enough games uh, you know with load management and all that yeah but yeah these were pretty much our uh end of the season awards or our predictions for the end of the season awards had the season continued or if the season continues till yeah you know whenever these are basically like our final our final picks just to run them run them back for you guys just to just to kind of recap coach of the year we're in consensus that's nick nurse of the toronto raptors rookie of the year is john morant of the memphis grizzlies most improved player brandon ingram uh sixth man of the year montrez harrell defensive player of the year anthony davis mvp we're at split decision either Giannis or lebron i'm for Giannis. zishan's for lebron uh but again this is like barely a uh a difference like I could go like we can go either way just depending on how things would have played out to end the season so these were our award picks let us know what you guys think whether you guys agree disagree let, let us know what you guys think uh moving on into the up and under segment for this for this week so starting off are you up or under on the NBA uh they are now allowing teams to open training facilities if their their city restrictions um, their stay-at-home restrictions ease up, and these are only for like individual workouts or maybe like a, a few players. No massive group group practices or anything of that sort. So, are you up or under on that? Um, I'm up on it. Um, definitely. Uh, you know, as long as it's everyone's, as long as everyone's safe, you know, and which the league obviously will, um, you know, make sure that everyone is safe without, you know making any major decisions but i'm up on it um it, it you know it signals the fact that maybe we have some light at the end of the tunnel we have some hope uh of the season restarting um you know which would be great for everyone but one thing to point out is that there is no guarantee that the season will you know like restart obviously um this is just so that players can still stay in shape and actually have access to a court so uh, yeah, a lot of, um, you know, we've heard that pretty much a lot of the guys haven't even, like, shot a ball since the season ended because they've been quarantined at home 
or whatever, you know, like Jason Tatum says, he hasn't shot a ball, same with Giannis. Um, so, yeah, obviously these guys are going to need to, if the season does restart for itself, these guys need to get in shape. Um, and then they just, they need to, like, shake off the rust, which will take time because, you know, these guys haven't done anything basketball-related for, for some time. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, next up, are you up or under on the NBA um, withholding 25% of paychecks from May 15th? Um, I'm up on that, uh, mainly for the fact that um, the NBA is, like other businesses, are struggling right now. Like They need to maintain finances. They need to maintain money. Uh, and the players um, aren't playing any games. And so... I think Fred VanVleet kind of said it the best is that, you know, the, every NBA player is making like millions and millions of dollars. So if the fact that you have to give up, give back a little bit of money just to make sure that you still have a league to play in, I think is is there's nothing wrong with that in my in my opinion. Obviously, there's yeah, the players get it, you know. Yeah, like the the players would probably understand that this is for the best best interest of the league. And obviously, you do this now, there's a potential for you to make this money back in the future because we all know once all this is over, sports is going to thrive through all this. So I'm pretty sure the money will come back. So, yeah, I am I have no issues with this. Uh, moving on, are you up or under on the G League players are going to be getting a vote to... To decide whether or not they're going to be getting a union, a players' union, similar to how we have the NBPA. The NBPA is actually supporting uh, the G League players into getting a union. Actually, so are you up or under on that? Um, I'm up on it. Um, you know, I don't really know all the technicalities of in terms of you know their their contracts and all that, but simply for the fact that it's giving more relevancy to the G League. It's it's establishing the fact that the G League is now a viable option to the NBA. Well, here's um, the here's the main reason why they want to do it is obviously to get better accommodations for the players, obviously to get yeah, to give the players a, a better voice. Uh, obviously, there's been travel and uh, travel concerns, hotel concerns for the G League players. Obviously, some salary... Um, differences between different types of players in the G League. So uh, having a union would definitely help them, you know, get a unified voice to kind of make better decisions for the league. Yeah, it gives it it gives it more of a, you know, centralized system. And then also you're touching upon the fact that, um, you know, all the travel and everything. Um, if you if people were listening, remember like uh, the NBA D League days, like how how painful like, I was just a spectator, you know, like, it, it's even worse for the guys that were involved, but, like, the NBA D-League days, bro, where people were, like, playing in, like, high school gyms and had to, like, go on, like, a bus, like, across the country, you know, getting paid, like, less than minimum wage, like, bro, yeah, that, those was days rough. were painful, man. Yeah, it was rough back then. Yeah, th- those days were rough, so it's, it's good now that, you know, it's rebranded into the G-League and it's now, like, an actual... Um, you know, a, a pro, a much better option, a much better league. And um, yeah, speaking of the G League, uh, next up, are you uh, up or under on top high school prospects Jalen Green and Isaiah Todd um, skipping college to join the new select team for the G League? Um, their head coach is going to be Sam Mitchell. 
Um, and just for some uh, clarification about the select team, they aren't going to be part of the regular G League um, in terms of the fact that they aren't going to be playing against like the rest of G League teams. Um, they're going to be their own team more geared towards developmental uh, prospects. So like the rest of the guys on the team will also be like uh, other young prospects. So this team will be geared towards more of a developmental role, um, you know, with uh, advantages given to them like uh, the top guys are getting like scholarships too. If they want to go back to school, they have scholarships. Um, they they're getting a bunch of training in financial uh, literacy. Pretty much is is giving them a whole bunch of great options. Um, and also the G League has talked about how they want to expand this select team thing into a whole division. So they have like a multiple teams uh, where these all these developmental guys can play each other. Um, so that it's just it's not just one team playing like you know exhibition games against like international teams or whatever it's like these teams are you know playing against each other and then obviously some of these guys will be able to move up into the nba ranks so in general are you up or under on this um i'm semi up semi under let me explain i'm up on the fact that i like the idea that the g league of finally giving an option for high school high school prospects other than college, like you finally, like there's finally an option where, hey, I can go and get paid to play basketball while still developing the skills and getting the valuable experience that college would would have provided me, rather than being under the NCAA umbrella. So, and I'd also be right up like in, in perfect uh, proximity to all NBA scouts. Like NBA scouts would have easy access to to my game tape, to my footage, to my you know, to everything about my my game. So I like that aspect of it. I like the fact that uh, it's it's definitely a good option for players. And I like also the the fact that the G League is is expanding. They're trying new things. They're obviously they're experimenting. They're no longer as you described about the D League days. It's it's a different league. So I do like that. What I'm under on is the fact that. It's a separate division from the, the G League. Now, I understand why they're doing it because obviously the whole point is to develop players, develop young players who maybe aren't ready to play up against grown men uh, in, the, in the G League. But from my vantage point, I feel like they should make it so that uh, some lower level G League teams should be able to play again. Like, they should make it more of a pool system, I think, where they're still part of the overall G League, but they're in a different pool rather than being with, like, you know, with more teams of their skill level, you know? Here's the thing I will say um, about that uh, in response to that point. Um, Number one, that is why they're trying to make it, like, a division of teams, so that's going to be, you know, more more, uh, players, more teams involved. Um, The issue with having them as part of the regular G League is, number one, all the issues with travel and all of that. Um, number two, the fact that uh, each team pretty much in the NBA has their own G League team now pretty much. And it gives, you know, certain rights and stuff, which is a problem for the high school guys, which are have to declare for the NBA draft. So it's an issue with the team's rights and, you know, the players' rights. Um, and then also the fact of the um, issue with the contracts because of the fact that the, the select guys are getting different contracts than the G League 
guys um, and all the language in their contracts, which like, you know, moving up to the NBA, moving here, moving to this team, all of that. Um, it's, a, it's, you know, it's very different. Um, it's two very different systems, which is why um, I think it makes sense for them to have a, you know, a separate thing for these high school prospects. I think I, I get that, but I'm also saying that the valuable experience playing against grown men and playing in a more competitive environment rather than college. Because again, like if you're playing against college players and players under well, your no, level, that's why they're trying to they're they're gonna probably play against like international teams and stuff. Which, to be honest, I think is better than G League teams. So I mean, we'll have to well, see it in are. action. Obviously, like for me, like my current, like my like my my first reactions to it. Obviously, I need to kind of see it. But again, I do like the concept. I do like the idea of it. Obviously, Jalen Green and Isaiah Todd being the first guys to, like, be a part of that. I think it's a good opportunity for coaches. Like, Sam Mitchell is, is the head coach of this team. And he hasn't coached for, for, for a good few years now. So, you know, it's a good opportunity for, like, guys like Sam Mitchell, guys like David Fisdale. You know, guys who are good at developing players. Um, I think it's it's a good opportunity for them to, to really... Uh, to really get experience coaching as well coaching as well so also i will say yeah also i will say um i like the fact that uh it it takes away you know the top guys now have their option to make money because in the ncaa these guys have been scammed and they would have been screwed over by the ncaa um at least now they can make their money um and even when as they discussed before even when they're in the G League now, they can, if they want to go to school, they have, you know, scholarships available and all of that. Um, and also the fact that it's just, it, this program is more for the top guys, so it doesn't really even hurt the whole college basketball thing as much because of the fact that, you know, regular regular dudes will still go to college basketball. College basketball will still be, you know, a great thing for all the college basketball fans. It's just that the top guys now will actually have another option and they won't be screwed out their money. Yeah. Like, again, we're just going to have to see, like, how they implement this. But, yeah, let's move on. Uh, moving on to the next part, next part segment. Are you up or under on Draymond Green? Uh, still keeping his mouth open. Uh his comments on Kevin Durant, obviously on Kevin Durant's departure and some of the comments that he made about the Raptors in the whole 2019 finals, you know, are you up or under on his comments on KD and then also his comments about the, about the Raptors? Um, I'm, I'm both to be honest, because of the fact that on one side of, uh, on one side of the spectrum, it's like, bro, like, you know, at this point it's just dead, you know, like dead, the whole thing. Uh, there's no really point of talking about it. But at the same, in fairness to Draymond, it was an interview and he was asked about this, so like he's gonna answer the question. So that's in fairness to him. I mean, he could uh, keep also, his shut a little bit. Uh, but I mean, you know, he's getting interviewed, so like I don't blame him for answering the question. Um, on the other side, though, too, um, he is kind of right about the KD situation. Um, even though there's no really right way to go about what was going on in KD, because you can't. KD, in all fairness to him, he can't really say, oh, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that, when he hasn't even made his mind up about that yet. Or, like, you know, it's not even the end of the season yet, so he's not going to talk about it. But, yeah, I do agree with the fact that, you know, it kind of left uh, Draymond and Clay and Steph in an awkward position, especially Draymond and Steph with their contracts coming up, uh, their contract situations. It definitely left them in an awkward situation. And then on the Raptors, uh, his comments on the Raptors, 
like, bro, we won, you know, deal with it. And, and again, in fairness, he did say, you know, injuries are part of the game. So, you know, credit to them. They won it. But we would have won if KD hadn't gone injured. But, you know, to, well, it doesn't matter, bro. The Raptors got injured. Uh, the Raptors won the championship. And Draymond got thoroughly outplayed, uh, especially by Pascal Siakam. So, oh, Draymond yeah. doesn't really have room to talk about that. Okay, yeah. I do got a couple a couple of things I got to say about this. First of all, I don't see why Draymond should be upset because again, he is one of the main catalysts as to why KD wanted to leave. Like you you didn't show him the respect that a player of KD's caliber caliber should have been given, you know? You like again, you disrespected the man. The man made a decision. like he was it it basically put a negative impression into his mind. That that made it play the factor in his decision to leave. So I I don't blame KD for taking his decision to to leave Golden State. He's already he he did what he was supposed to do there. He won two championships there. Draymond was a part of those teams. Now, as far as the Raptors are concerned, I'm sorry. Like Draymond, would Draymond saying that the, the the Warriors would mop the floor with the Raptors? I don't buy that one at all. Because again, we gotta we gotta understand that yes, the Warriors would have been a a much like it would have been a much more tougher series for the Raptors, but the Raptors still had the better overall like roster in my opinion. Besides the main stars, I think the Raptors' depth would have would have shown in that series. And I also think that Kawhi and K- Kawhi could have pr- if he we had a whole series with KD. I'm pretty sure Kawhi could have maybe matched or maybe outplayed Kevin Durant. We 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 really don't know, but mopping the floor with I think was a little bit excessive by Draymond. So and also again, like he got outplayed. So I don't know why he's still talking about this, but yeah, those are that, those are my two cents on this. Um, yeah, like I don't know, man. It's just it, in all fairness, him it was an interview, but yeah, um, I think it's it's mixed feelings about those comments. Um, next up, quickly before we end this episode, second last, um, are you up or under on the uh, Nets head coach like emerging head coach candidates? Um. Among them is obviously in front uh, is Ty Lue, and then behind them is Jason Kidd, Mark Jackson, uh, Jeff Van Gundy, and interim coach of the Nets for right now, uh, Jack Vaughn. Um, I'm obviously up on this. I mean, the Nets need a new new head coach, obviously. Uh, but I think a lot of this is just, just trying to like spread rumors that, hey, we're diversifying our search, when most likely I feel like they're going to hire Ty Lue. Because that's what Kyrie wants, and and probably Kevin Durant's gonna be on board for this as well. So, uh, I I just think it's gonna be Tyron Lue's job. I just think they're just kind of spreading a few names out there. Because again, why would they bring up Jason Kidd? He he got fired by the Nets. Mark Jackson, Jeff and Gandhi, they're the usual names that people bring up when it comes to coaching vacancies. So, I think it's gonna be Tyron Lue personally. Um, yeah, I, I'd agree with that. Yeah. Uh, not much more to say on that. Moving on, finally, are you up or under on the Knicks? <laughs> the Knicks, man, feeling that they are well positioned to get a star. Um, here we go again. Oh uh, man, uh, listen, man, I'm under on it, bro. The first thing I thought when I saw that report, I was like, "Here we go again." Man. Exactly. Here we go again, bro. Like these guys never learned the lesson, man. Like, just they, build they with what you exact- got. Yeah, bro. This is what, bro, the development just goes down the drain. And then this is literally what they did this past summer, bro. It's not even like like some, you know, decade-old thing, bro. They just did this this past summer. You know, oh, we're going to get KD, Kyrie, and Zion. 
had literally gone nobody, bro. Even KD said nobody wants to play for them, man. Literally, bro. It, unless they get them in a trade somehow, they get a star in a trade, which is very unlikely of happening because the next the Knicks don't have great assets that anybody really wants. But what's your so, definition of a star? Like, I'm pretty sure that New York wants someone like like I, a I've Kevin heard, Durant, heard, like, like a superstar I've, level player. So well, obviously that's gone down the drain. But I've heard, I've heard stuff about like Donovan Mitchell caliber players. Yeah, no. And the thing with that is, again, you would have to trade for them um, because I don't think anybody wants to go to the Knicks. Um, obviously, listen, I will give a chance to Leon Rose if he can. You know, maybe he's the savior for New York. I don't know. Uh, we have yet to see what he's gonna do. He just uh, came on board, but you know. Even, uh, I, it's highly unlikely that you can get somebody in free agency. Um, and then if you're going to trade for them, bro, you know, you don't exactly have great assets to deal with um, and to give to another team. Um, and it makes no sense for them to accept that. Yeah. So I don't see how this would happen. Man. Basically, it's the just the Knicks just, being classic Knicks. Bro. Yeah, they just never learned their lesson. And even, despite whoever it is running, like, who's, has the title of president of the Knicks, it's still going to be a James Dolan team and whatever James Dolan wants, it's going to unfortunately happen, whether it's in the best interest or not of the team. So Also, the fact that the New York media is always going to be there. And, you know, bro, it's rough, man. New York media is... No bro, they hype so. up everything. So... Yeah. Yeah, that's basically it. We thought we'd end off on a bit of a humorous note in the Knicks because everything they do is hilarious. Uh, but... Yeah, with that, that concludes this week's episode. We hope you guys enjoyed it. Uh, definitely subscribe to the show on all the various podcasting platforms. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher Radio, Spotify. Basically, wherever you can find a podcast, you can find us with the Up and Under Podcast. Uh, follow us on social media, Twitter and Instagram, at up, letter N, under pod. Uh, Facebook.com slash up and under podcast. Um, also check out our website upandunderpodcast.com it's our central hub for the show it's also a place where we we post uh, blog posts with every single episode so if you don't have time to listen to the full episode you can also read about it so definitely check that out as well um, and yeah lastly just stay safe make sure you guys are staying inside uh, washing your hands listening to the medical professionals and uh, hopefully uh, we'll, we'll, we'll be getting through this uh, pandemic uh, like sooner rather than later so yeah uh, w- with that, we'll see you guys all in the next episode. Take it easy.